Hello, and welcome back to the Time to Change podcast. I'm Aaron Tracy, and I'm delighted to announce I have found a co-host for the podcast. Welcome, Cahill. How are you? Hi, Aaron. Yeah, thanks. I'm Cahill. I'm a 19-year-old university student, and I'm delighted Aaron asked me to be a co-host of the podcast, so I'm delighted for, to be on. Yeah, it's fantastic. Cahill's studying economics in university, so he should bring a lot of knowledge. He's an avid reader as well, so I'm really excited to have him on. Um, so we decided to kind of have a really interesting topic for our first podcast together and that's going to be kind of the idea of the American dream. We are also delighted to announce we have our first um, person to interview and um, his interview will be later on in the podcast. It's Connor Rudge, a 19 year old student uh, who now manages a $100,000 account. So it was really, really enjoyable talking to him and hopefully you can get a bit of his knowledge later in the podcast. All right. So. So I think we're going to start off with the kind of the background or the history of the American Dream. So, so Aaron, Aaron, if you want to give us a brief history of the American Dream, what was what it's all about and where did it come from? Yeah. So, the American Dream is kind of the belief that anyone, regardless of where they were born or what class they were born into, can attain their own version of success in a society where upward mobility is possible for everyone. So the American dream is achieved through risk-taking, sacrifice, and other hard work rather than by chance. Um, And it's been used a lot in kind of political campaigns in the past in the States. But it's also the idea that in kind of a capitalist land or just in any country in general, you can work your way up from the bottom. Um, So, yeah, the term was actually coined by a writer, um, James Adams, in a in his novel or in his book sorry uh, epic of america and he used to describe as a dream of a land in which life should be better and richer and fuller for everyone with opportunity for each according to ability or achievement so we've seen this a lot kind of in more modern adaptations and a lot of people would have studied for their gcses or junior cert um of mice and men um, Lenny and George were the two main characters in that and they were both just migrant workers uh, Lenny had a bit of a, a mental condition but all they were trying to do their whole time was just save up enough to buy some land uh, for themselves and uh, the famous line is they wanted to live off the fat of the land um, so this was kind of um, something the first time I really heard about the American dream because you just have two you know workers with not a lot of money and they're going from job to job just trying to save up a little bit every time in order to get their own farm hopefully someday and not be beholden to you know their boss or whatever um, so I think that's kind of what a lot of people like about the American dream is the fact that you believe one day you can be self-sufficient you can be your own boss and I think that's really kind of what it's all about and that's kind of the history of it yeah, yeah you see like just say like a movie like just even a modern movie like wolf of wall street or something where jordan belfort starts off as like a he's, he's a poor working class man then ends up in his own investment com- investment company like regardless of whether that was like kind of a bit fictional and like dramatized but still like it, that's kind of well that's what i would see but when i think of the american dream i think of something like that but yeah no it's really it's an interesting history well so tracy do you think in today's world do you think the reality of the american dream is still true well in today's world we need to kind of ask ourselves what is the definition of the american dream today 
um, you know, is it going to college, you know, getting a house, paying off your mortgage? Like some people might be happy with that. You're going to have other people who are like, okay, I need to make it big in Silicon Valley or on Wall Street or, you know, making a load of money. And then you have other people who are like, my dream is just to travel the world, you know, to be free, to be good mentally. So it's kind of like everyone's individual idea, kind of what is their dream? Generally, I would argue to make it big in Silicon Valley, you'd need to be very well educated. Uh, you'd need to go to college. But as you know, in the States, it's like $50,000 a year to go to college. Even in the UK, it's like £10,000. Obviously, here in Ireland, um, we're quite lucky. I think it's about 3000 a year. Uh, but even still, like the whole point of the American dream was that you could start from basically nothing and build your way up. But without college degrees these days, it's very hard to kind of get contacts and go into companies. Um, so it's hard to say whether it may still be real. The dream may still be real, but it's hard to say whether it's a reality or not. So Aaron, you were telling, telling me before we started recording this podcast about a study that you read in a book. Uh, from OECD countries. So would you just tell the listeners about that? Yeah, so this is actually really interesting. So less than 20% of Americans say that they're living the American dream. So that means 80% of people either haven't reached their goals yet or don't believe it exists or they're, they're not really believing that they're living the American dream, which is really, really interesting. And out of all kind of developed countries or OECD countries, people from the bottom 20% are least likely to break out of this socio-economic group in the USA. I find that absolutely fascinating. You'd think that the USA is where you go, you know, loads of actors go to Hollywood, for example, to make it big, or like loads of bankers go to New York to make it big. You know, there's all these huge cities um, with huge, huge economies. And yet, you are the least likely out of all the developed countries to break out of the bottom 20% of kind of earners and um, that socioeconomic group. Uh, whereas you're most likely to break out of this group in Sweden, which is really, really interesting. Yeah, you think in a country like Sweden, where like a lot of people don't think it's like a fully capitalist country, that you're most likely to, be, to break out of the bottom 20% of society, whereas you think would actually be like the opposite, where it'd be the most likely in America and least likely in Sweden. But yeah, it's an it's really interesting study anyway. Yeah, like so. even even this, it kind of backs that up. The probability of moving to the top 20% of society is 7.8% in the US, but is 11% on average in Europe. Um, so the European people seem to have it kind of better where you can actually move around like 11% probabilities it's it's not too bad and um, it's something to achieve for but it's just i just find it really interesting because you know you you look at the movies and um the hollywood version of america and you think anyone can make it big with hard work but it looks like it's actually the the least likely um out of all kind of developed countries which i found kind of crazy um so yeah i was kind of asking myself the question when when thinking about the american dream i was like so how do people actually achieve this do people postpone immediate gratification and make hard sacrifices if they are convinced the future can be better than the past? So you, you kind of ask yourself, okay, am I willing to work harder now, you know, not go out as much, especially like myself and college students, and obviously there's lots of opportunity to go on nights out or whatever. Sometimes we need to study, but there's other sacrifices you have to make in life kind of to hopefully move up the ladder in life. Um, we, we live in a world, though, that everyone seems to be seeking immediate success. 
we have this kind of millennial attitude where we are just trying to get instant gratification you know i hear countless stories of millennials creating havoc in the workspace because you know they're not getting a promotion within the first six months you know or they're not getting clients easily and then they just quit because they're unhappy um and we live in a world where everyone tries so hard to portray their perfect life on social media and we all have unrealistic expectations and because this mixed with the fact that everyone has instant gratification you know you go onto your phone and you can look up anything and get it immediately you can get stuff delivered to your house and i believe that's creating unrealistic expectations and it means that less and less people think they can well possibly more people think they could maybe achieve the american dream but they won't and because we have these unrealistic expectations and we expect everything to come to us so fast and i think in this world me personally that you need to have a lot of patience with what you're doing so no matter what you're doing and whatever job you're in and you're looking to work work up the best thing you can do is gain experience and just not have and not be so quick to kind of quit on something you know if it's not working out just keep trying that again so i actually um cottle i know you're very interested in kind of american history so i was wondering if you could give us a brief overview of kind of the american presidents who have tried to bring back the american dream and how did they do it obviously we have kind of trump saying make america great again and all that so it's been a lot kind of in the news the last few years but you could kind of tell us a bit more about those american presidents who really tried to bring the slogan you know the american dream yeah well I think a lot of American presidents do try to bring back up to this like idyllic uh, vision of America. Like Ronald Reagan had a similar slogan to Donald Trump, which was "Let's make America great again." Like he was kind of he was almost seen as a man who achieved the American dream. Like he was born to a he was born to a working class family, and he was um and he managed to. But he was first a Hollywood actor, and then ended up being president of the United States. So and he, and he whole, he ran on the whole idea of make America great again, similar to Trump nowadays, and he he implemented like big tax cuts to try get growth and he tried growth to GDP did increase, but also inequality increased a lot during his presidency. He attacked labor union stuff. So like him and Donald Trump more recently have tried to go back to this view of America in the past where the American dream was was achievable, and I don't know I think it's just. Any American president wants to go back. A lot of American presidents want to go back to the past, where there was there was just this vision of social mobility and the family values and stuff like that. A lot of American presidents like that. So, yeah, I yeah. think they're kind of trying to make people have hope again because I think a lot of people, especially in America, have lost hope. Um, I think, like in Ireland, people are pretty good. Um, we're we're tend to be quite a positive na- nation. Um, you know people everyone gives out about the government but that happens in every country but i'd say we're quite positive whereas in america because you have like the prices of university the prices of healthcare and all of that sort of stuff it is kind of hard to have hope to break out of the mold so i think kind of by creating these slogans and donald trump you know constantly tweeting he's trying to provide hope to the hopeless and um, that's why he d- did very well in the elections in you know very industrial states and say you know these other presidents they haven't been giving you hope they haven't allowed you you know to move up the ladder or whatever i'm going to do that i'm going to be the one and i think that's kind of what won the 
kind of shocking 2016 election. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens in, in 2020. Andrew Yang was actually a presidential candidate in 2020. Uh, for 2020, he did pull out of the race, but he was he was he kind of diagnosed the problems of why Trump did get elected and stuff like that. He was saying that like the, like automation has caused so many job losses in them industrial states you're talking about, and that they were people are just being left behind. And if someone's given them an option out, like you see it in so many countries, if someone's given them an option to bring back almost their livelihood like they're, they're they don't care who it is as long as it happens if you know what i mean so there's been yeah a lot of presidents have tried it in the past yeah i think i think as well like i saw something trump was saying the other day and he's like oh you better vote for me you know what what have you got to lose and i think that was kind of a lot of people had that kind of mindset in the last election like what have you got to lose so aaron in your opinion do you think the american dream is just about monetary success or do people have different values for American Dream? Like I know exactly like that people don't just want to be rich, like people want to be happy, but they think they're correlated. But do you think that it is something apart from monetary success? So for me personally, uh, I believe the American Dream kind of encompasses personal development. The only problem is that certain goals can only be achieved through the use of money. You know, there's the saying like money doesn't buy happiness, but it can help with a lot of situations. So say if, you know, you're a bit of a philanthropist or like you're very charitable, you know, it takes money for you to kind of maybe go out to different countries and help with charitable work. And like kind of today, I know a lot of people look at um, the famous YouTuber David Dobrik, who's notorious for giving away things like cars and giving away checks to help people at university and giving away, you know, food. And, you know, it's fantastic that he's able to do that, but none of that would have been achievable without money. And obviously you don't want to think that like, oh, I need money in life to be happy and all, but say if there's certain goals and aspirations, like maybe helping others, helping your family, you do, do need money for that. And um, I think as well, like a lot of people believe that the American dream is like having a nice house, having a nice car, having a nice family. The family bit you can get on your own, but the nice house and the nice car you do need money for. Um, so that's kind of my opinion on it. I think it isn't solely about money, but I think you need money if that kind of makes sense. It's not like, oh, you know, to achieve the American dream, you need to be earning $100,000 a year. So moving on from that one, Aaron, do you think that there is um, a future of the American dream like that maybe involves more kind of humanity as we've seen other people mention, or do you think that it'll stay as kind of monetary success or do you think it won't even exist at all in the future? Yeah, so I think as long as there's a presidential election, there's always going to be the American dream because you're always going to have someone promising the American people, you know? And it, it isn't, the American dream isn't just restricted to America. Like the American dream, the same concepts apply here in Europe. Um, and it's something we kind of talk about with Conor Rudge later in the interview. We ask, um, we ask him, you know, was his success so far down to hard work or talent? Um, and we ask him those sort of questions, which we thought tied in really nicely with today's topic. I'm starting to wonder, do we need a new version of the American dream that helps people with reality of today's world? Because it used to be a lot easier to kind of, it was a lot easier to be socially mobile. But now because of things like expensive health insurance, you know, especially in Ireland, the housing crisis where you know property is so hard to get so expensive 
you can try tell someone oh you know if you just work hard you're going to get your own house or whatever but sometimes it's not that easy like there's hardly any houses on the market unless you're earning huge huge money so i think the american dream and the concepts will always be there we may need to adjust it slightly and adjust expectations but i do believe we'll always have this kind of american dream and it isn't as i said it isn't just in america those same kind of things that tick in our mind saying oh well one day i could do this one day that happens in europe as well you know you you look at kind of kids especially when they're younger you know or when i would grow up i want to be an astronaut you know they all have big big dreams and i think stuff like that kind of sticks in the back of your mind you know as a young person if you want to you know do stuff for the world or become an astronaut become a doctor that always sticks in the back of your mind and i think while those dreams and while those aspirations stick in the back of your mind there's always going to be an american dream For the next part of the podcast, we interviewed Connor Rudge, a 19-year-old university student who manages a $100,000 Forex trading account. For those guys that don't know me, my name's Connor. I'm a 19-year-old university student. Um, I study finance and investment um, at the University of Brighton. However, originally I'm from Essex, which I'm sure a lot of you will know. Uh, my first job was actually in a trampoline park. So when I was 16, um, I think I just left school. And after leaving senior school, I think it was a couple of days after my 16th birthday, I needed to support myself um, just from a working class family. So I got a job. I remember taking the job and I didn't even know how much I was going to get paid at that point. And I remember they told me to turn around and it is minimum wage. It's £3.87 an hour. And I thought, oh, OK, this will be fun. Um, and yeah, so then from there, it was just a case of it taught me a lot. Like I was there for a year and a half. I even went, end up going back after sort of being in another job for six months. And it taught me a lot that I think it, it can't be bought. It's things that you, you have to learn. Um, so it taught me to grow as an individual, a team member, as a leader. Um, like when I first started, I was a naive teenager. Um, I was actually monitoring people jump on trampolines, literally. Um, and then I left as a 17 year old who could do pretty much every job available in the sort of um, in the park. Um, and I led a team of over 40 individuals without sort of being an official team leader. Um, so after that, I got another job, minimum pay, uh, nothing major. And then sort of while I was at university, so went to, uh, first year of university was 2018. Um, and I was trying to keep myself afloat until we got to around January and I thought I, I need to get a job now. Um, and I knew that I always get back into trading um, and become sort of self-sufficient from trading while I was at university. Um, so I think it was around February time, I ended up getting a job at McDonald's, um, which is obviously everyone's favourite food franchise and something that I didn't sort of see myself doing when I went to uni. Um, but I say, obviously, I was only there for three months. Um, but no, I say, so all, all, sort of that's sort of my background and sort of how I've got to where I am now, I guess. Yeah, 100%. And I think that's the most important part because at the end of the day, when I was sort of there last year, I knew that McDonald's wasn't just where I was going to be. I knew it wasn't where I was going to work for, say, the next year of my life um, alongside university. I knew that it was a temporary fix because all I was focused on was learning to trade. Um, and fortunately, that paid off, but it wasn't a case of, oh, it was an easy journey. It was, it was tough. I didn't really enjoy working there. Um, I didn't really speak to many of the guys there because I was just so focused on trading. I'd go off my lunch break to check my phone, check the messages, check the charts, whatever. This time last year, Connor was working part-time in the fast food chain McDonald's to fund his university living expenses. 
We asked Connor if he could explain why he left his job in McDonald's in order to follow his dreams. Yeah, 100%. For me, that's the thing. I think whenever you do something like trading, it because of it is very tough in terms of psychology, you have to love it. You have to really enjoy it. And for me, of course, McDonald's is something that, um, of course, we all grow up loving the fast food brand. But at the same time, it's something that everyone has this perception of you shouldn't really be working. It's not what your aspiration should be. However, when you're a part-time university student and you know, as I'm sure you both know very well, it can be very expensive. And therefore, you, you have to do what makes ends meet. And for me, that at the time was I couldn't make, I wasn't there at trading yet, but I was going to get there. And I think that's always the thing. Something that I say to Aaron, something that I say to all the guys that I work with is it's not about if, it's about when. And for me, it was about when. And obviously, after three months, I... Of course, I left as um, I'm sure we'll sort of speak about. Connor went on to tell us what motivates him on a daily basis. Of course, motivation is very important. Every day when you wake up in the morning, you want to have that burning desire. Um, and so, uh, funny enough, so when I took the job at McDonald's, as I said before, I knew it was a stepping stone. Not in any way offensive to being trying to be offensive to anyone else, but I knew I wouldn't be there long. Um, hence why, not even three months later, I handed my notice and told my manager I was going to become a trader and mentor others. And I remember one of the questions that I got asked when I first started was, what do you see yourself doing? And I, and I of course, said, uh, if I'm honest, I'm not looking to sort of stay here long term. It's just something that I want to sort of work to uh, help me work towards my goals. And of course, they sort of wanted me to expand. So I said, I want to become a trader. Um, and they asked me who my role model was. And I said a couple of traders that I followed at that. Of course, they didn't have a clue who they was. But it was retail traders I followed on Instagram. And the thing for me was they actually turned around and sort of found it quite funny. And they was like, do you really think you can achieve that? And that straight away, it just gave me that sense of, well, yeah, I will achieve that. And if you doubt me, then anyone who's ever doubted where I've got to now, obviously have been proved wrong. And it's not a sense of, I told you so. It's a sense of when you really want something and you do have that burning passion for it, as we spoke about, you will get there. Um, like I've always been business minded. Um, within my education, I've always deemed myself to be intelligent in some way. Um, but funny enough, when I got my A-level results, this kind of changed. I did take a knock in my confidence. Um, so I didn't achieve anywhere as high as my targets. However, having now seen the journey I've been on, I wouldn't change it at all. Um, some may say one of my few failures for me, uh, uh, sorry, yeah. So some may say one of my few failures for me is one of my biggest lessons. In life, I don't have mistakes or regrets. They're only lessons. If you repeat something expecting a different result, well, that's then class as insanity, right? So going to a lower class university, Brighton, of course, it's, it's a good uni. I've noticed that since I've been there, it is a lot better than I thought it may be. But it took the pressure off because it allowed me to focus on my trading, my development as a mentor, as a trader, um, and obviously allowed me to develop within the community. So even after working, say, 16 hours a day as a mentor, as a, a community member, trading, learning, uni, six, sometimes seven days a week, even the weekends, um, I still finished my first year with a 2-1, 66%, which, of course, as you both know, it's, it's a good grade. Of course, first year doesn't really count towards anything. You could get 40% and pass, but I still wanted to make sure that I was achieving well. Um, so what motivates me is the need, as I said, to educate and inspire, to practice what I preach, two things I spoke about earlier. I wear my heart on my sleeve, and my biggest motivation for me is the people I work with every day, and those I surround myself with. I'm a true believer in the sense of you have to surround yourself with a good, with good people. So uh, one of the things that I think I've said before is an average of the five. Uh, you're an average of the five people you spend the most time with. You're a product of your environment, and therefore it's really important that you make sure to surround yourself with people who do inspire you. They do push you to do better, um, which of course having a community like we do is perfect. Um, so that's always been really important to me. 
So obviously working with those sorts of people, having the guys around me from my members to the guys I work with, to my family, my friends, I want to show them all what I can achieve, but what they can achieve. And that's the most important thing. It's not about what I can do. It's about what they can do. Um, everything I've said so far, I have achieved. I've done, I've worked towards. Um, I want to make those around me proud and help them live a different life. And I think that's the most important thing in that motivation is not yourself is for others. You have to be selfish in the short run in order to be selfless in the long run. And what I mean by that is in the short run, you might have to not go out here and there. You might have to spend a little bit, bit more time in self-isolation, as I'm sure we'll do at the moment. But in the long run, when you have everything you want, you can give them opportunities to other people, which I'm able to do now, which is everything. We asked Connor if he thinks his success so far is down to hard work or talent. Yeah, so I think this is a really interesting point, actually, because I was speaking to someone about it the other day, and I think the most important thing is you can see success in two ways in terms of hard work and talent. So I think perspective is everything. How we see and understand different situations determine our reactions, right? So if we have a hurdle, we should see it as a positive, as a chance to learn, improve and succeed compared to, say, a negative, where you felt each and every time but why? Because you make the same mistake. So something that I said the other day, I think it was on my Twitter, was the best part of my success of my experiences came from not my success, but my failure. So going through failure is a positive. So it allows you to come back stronger. The majority give up before the challenge starts. And it's the exact same with Forex. Um, obviously, we're, like myself and Aaron, we're Forex traders. So with that sense, is the case of 92% of the market fail. Um, and even on the challenge that I did for my funded account, I think the stats are ridiculous. Like 92% of people um, fail the first time. And the trouble is, it's from there that they don't go back because the, the majority of people stop at that point, right? But the minority fail and fail time again before they succeed and have that eureka moment. Um, I remember Thomas Edison, I was reading um, the other day, he failed so many, many times, but when he finally got there, it was all worth it, right? Because he finally got it what he wanted. Um, and I think the question of sort of, hard work or talent um, I do believe that you can be born with a talent however if you do not constantly work and refine what you're doing you'll never reach your full potential um, so like for example I, I love football I'm an Arsenal fan myself so look at how many footballers have this world-class potential but they never reach it but then you get non-league footballers become Premier League champions like Jamie Vardy for example and why attitude right we always see on football setup people like um, Kante he's got talent but the reason why he's so good at what he does is because of his attitude is so good um, and sometimes when you're born and brought up in an advantaged family, you lose that desire, that determination to succeed. Um, that's something I've noticed with friends and family and previous relationships. But when you have to work for it, that desire and attitude, it beats talent every single time. And I think that's why in life is it's always important to have a combination um, of different attitudes. So you can be the smartest person in the room, but if you do not have the right social approach, you'll never be a leader, right? You'll always be the one working for someone else because you can never lead a team. You have to be the one just the brains behind it. Um, Whereas you could have the other side, you could possess the money. For example, I'm reading at the moment, one of the books I'm reading at the moment is Laws of Human Nature. And Howard Hughes Jr. was a young boy who took over his late father's empire after the death of his parents. And the interesting part here is at what age? It was at 19 years old, same age I am now. Um, he had all the money, but an unlikable personality. Um, he always felt the need to take control of whatever he was doing. Um, and eventually he drove all of his businesses to failure. Why? because he had the money but would not employ those who had the brain to apply the plan. And therefore it's that sense of success can be defined in many different ways, like I said, with happiness. And you can either be talented or you can work hard, but you need the right combination of both. We asked Connor, is there a single event or experience that he attributes to success thus far? If I was to sort of highlight one significant point, 
I think it's I think not achieving the grace to go to my first uni after working probably what 50 hour weeks maybe um, at sort of the trampoline park to fund my lifestyle of being a student obviously what I thought I'd be doing um, it gave me that, that I think that was the original time I had that fire in my belly really that burn desire to go um, full steam with what I wanted to do and, and do what I wanted to do for once rather than sort of doing what everyone else wanted, wanted me to do so at that point of course my main sort of goal at that point at 17 18 was I wanted to prove everyone wrong I wanted to show them that what was really possible if you put your mind to it if you believed in yourself and maybe I was practicing law of attraction way before I even know what it meant. Um, so I think also January this year was a big turning point. Obviously, as you know, Aaron, something switched in January for me. Um, I just suddenly become a completely different person in terms of my psychology. And I think that's the thing. I was ready in terms of I was consistent with my trade. And everyone said, why don't you go for the funded? And I said, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if my psychology is there. So from January, I, I, I don't know what it was after a few tough months, a tough year, um, something really did change and I felt re-energised and just ready to go full steam ahead, um, which of course 2020 was meant to be all about 2020 vision, but at the moment, of course, with everything going on, it's, it's changed. But for me, in the most dis at least disrespectful way possible, I have found it. For me, it's been quite a lot of positives. Of course, the actual thing going on is not positives and they do affect me in some way, um, but in terms of my actual personal development, it's helped me a lot in terms of really working out what's important. And I think when everyone does come out of this bad point in time, we will appreciate what we've got or what we haven't got yet. Um, so obviously, yeah, I, I don't know. I felt like I was just ready to go full steam ahead. Sometimes you do, you have that eureka moment and it appears that January maybe was mine. Connor went on to describe what he sees for himself in the future. I always, I, I always think this is an interesting question because, of course, as traders, we, we do. We sit there and we think about it. Like, I know we obviously we have a group chat with um, some of the guys that we work with like more on a personal level. And we do. We talk about all these things we want. Of course, the first thing was Funded 2020, right, which is a hashtag we use on Instagram um, and even in Slack and stuff where it doesn't really apply. But it was about getting funded this year. And then, of course, then we've got the Funded 2021 for those who are slightly newer to the community. Uh, but for me, of course, I've, I've now achieved that. So it's a sense of, well, I'm not just going to sit and go, I've achieved it. Of course, I've achieved it. I'm going to reward myself because it's my birthday in um, two weeks. So I'll, I've got certain targets. I always think with, when you have these targets, you should always have a reward linked to it. For example, for me, um, a MacBook, it might be something that's so little to someone else. But for me, it's massive because it's, it's a response to what I've done. And it's not something that I've just gone away and got. I've thought about it. I've planned for it. I haven't just bought it straight away. I could have got one last year, for example. But I waited because I knew that this was when I wanted to get it because it rewards me for what I've done. Um, so I have a number of goals. Um, I want to continue being a funded trader, of course I do, but I want to now increase that. How do you increase that? Well, you can, of course, you can have more than one funded account. You can have up to three. So I want to increase my equity threefold. Um, I, want to, I want to become a leading content creator and mentor within the community. So I want to do a little bit more than what I do now. I want to create some content. I want to be sort of a mentor in terms of the trading. Of course, I've only been officially trading for, say, two, three years, which some people raise their eyebrows because, of, of course, you can't trade until you're 18. But you can learn when you're 17, right? You can still have a clue of what you're doing. Um, so therefore, I want to actually establish myself and make people understand that even at 19, I've gone through a lot, right? As a 19-year-old, I've gone through quite a lot, especially in the last year. I'm not someone who's been living at home like obviously I've lived at uni for the last two years which has been interesting living in a house with people I've never met before because I had to move into a random house um, with a month sort of to sort it out um, so I've definitely learned a lot um, I've sort of done things that people probably would have never done in their like short in their in their time at 19 and of course I'm now living a life that not many 90 year olds get to um, do so I think obviously that's always important to me 
I want to regularly help the members become self-sufficient. So I want them to become funded traders and change their lives, which is why that sort of 2020 funded 2020 movement is so important to me. Um, but also I want to know that I have a diversification in my income, right? Because look at the moment people are furloughed, people obviously lost their jobs. If you always rely on one income, which of course some people is what it's the only thing they can do, but if you always rely on one, if you then lose that income, you're, you're going to struggle. Whereas for me, I know that I have, a, at the moment, I have a couple of different incomes, but I want to increase that. I want to say have four or five different incomes by the time I'm sort of get, or even say next year, see I'm 20 now. So naturally, one of the things that I'm planning towards is my 21st birthday. What do I want to achieve by then? Um, something I want to do is say, one of my favorite places to travel to is Dubai. I went there when I was younger because my sister used to live out there. And I want to go back there, but I don't want to go back there on my own. I want to go back there with all the funded traders. Um, and that's something that, even though it sounds so crazy to say, because I've never met half of you, I want to do that. It's like I said to you, Aaron, when you get funded, I want to come over to Dublin and have a big celebration, right? Um, and that's what's important to me is I thrive with other people's success as well as my own, but I have to lead that. Like I say, you have to practice what you preach. So therefore I need to achieve these plans, achieve these goals. And something I always say is don't just see things as your dreams. You should set your goals and make sure they become reality, but you should set your dreams as your goals and always, it always, aim higher right if you aim like the average you're going to become the average whereas in order to become like the top one percent you need to think better than everyone else for example going back to that product of your environment if you're trying to achieve what everyone else has achieved around you you're just going to be an average you might be better than slightly better than the average we're not talking about being slightly better than, than the average we're talking about being the exceptional that top one percent so therefore something that you need to ingrain in your mind and in your psychology is how do you achieve that right so therefore these goals are really important so I think, yeah, for, and I think obviously something that is really important to me away from sort of monetary value and stuff like that, of course, that sense of being happy. Um, but it's also being able to support not only myself, but those around me, my friends, my family, or even anyone that I do really work with on a personal level. I, overall, I want to be happy. That's all for this week's episode. Thanks for listening.